This CosmicReality.com presentation is sponsored by MysticalWares.com. Is there something wrong? Warning! Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, thewebalchemist.net, empoweredmanifestation.com. Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw, Truth Social, Success Alchemist, and Telegram, US UK Patriot. Today is the 29th of October, 2022, and the main topics for today's show are Paul Pelosi attacked, Twitter sale complete, midterms latest, new UK PM, and Russian Biolab report. So it's going to be a, a show packed to the gills with, uh, with news today. I hope I get time to fit everything in. And this is still coming from a rather cold Colorado. I'm still here, not in Arizona yet. And the overnight temperatures have dropped to the 20s. So it's rather chilly, as I say. But anyway... Uh, at least we've got nice blue sky and sunshine, and that does make a difference. So I'm going to start today with this news about Paul Pelosi being attacked in his home. And it's it's really, I know, poor guys supposedly had a skull fracture because of the attack. But I must say, the news that is dripping out is really turning out to be quite... A, a funny story. Um, quite absurd, really. So I'm going to cover that. I've, what I've done is I've pulled together some different um, reports, just sections of reports, um, to put together what has kind of emerged as the story of this very, very strange uh, attack. Um you may remember that uh, Paul Pelosi was arrested after causing a car accident uh, when he was under the influence. And supposedly there was a person in the car that ran off and was never, um, never found or named, um, which was very odd. And <laughs> just like this time, it happened to be when Nancy was away. She was probably in DC or somewhere other than San Francisco, which is where the home is. And of course, Twitter has been on fire this morning, picking up on all these different points that are coming out. And I'm going to share some of those tweets with you as well. Um, so I'm starting with um, a couple of extracts or some extracts from a couple of Politico articles. And I don't usually... Um, use Politico because it's very, very left-wing. But um, some of the tweets that were shared this morning had screenshots of the contents of 
Politico articles. So here's the story. The man accused of entering the Pelosi home and attacking Paul Pelosi with a hammer specifically targeted the California Democrats, San Francisco police chief Bill Scott confirmed on Friday. That was consistent with the revelation that the assailant, a 42-year-old Barclay resident, had asked where is Nancy before his assault. So um, the the left-wing uh, mainstream media is trying to blame this attack on a supposed MAGA supporter. But the whole story is falling apart, basically, because this guy who was the perpetrator lived in this house that was kind of a hippie commune, and it had signs on the house or in the windows supporting BLM and the rainbow of the LGBTQ um, people and so on. So it's very questionable. Um, They have said he supposedly shared a load of Q posts and uh, they've been accusing him of being a right-wing extremist, but I don't think that's going to play out very well. So continuing on the Politico report, David DePape forced his way into the home through a back entrance, Scott said. Officers arrived at the house, knocked on the front door and were let inside by an unknown person. So this means, and this is me talking, this means that there was a third person in the house, not just Pelosi and DePape or DePape. They discovered DePape and Pelosi struggling for a hammer, and after they instructed them to drop the weapon, Scott said, DePape took the hammer and violently attacked Pelosi. Now, it says he forced his way into the home through a back entrance, and there are images on in the news and on Twitter showing the broken window. But... The glass from the broken pane, it's actually a pane of the patio door, was outside. So the window must have been broken from inside, not from outside to gain entrance. Sounds like this has been, you know, a whole setup to try and cover up what really happened. Paul Pelosi was able to dial 911 himself after telling the intruder he had to go use the bathroom and then calling from there where his phone had been charging, according to a person familiar with the situation. Now, who is that person? Is it the same person that opened the door for the to the police? So the other weird thing is, would an intruder let the guy go to the bathroom. Doesn't make sense, does it? He was hospitalised after the attack at Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital, where he successfully underwent surgery to repair a skull fracture and serious injuries to right arm and hands. Pelosi spokesperson Drew Hamill said in a statement Friday evening. So, This whole thing stinks to high heaven, actually. I smell a rat. The the Western Journal reported a 911 call. Reporting person stated there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. 
reporting person stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. <laughs> RP reporting person sounded somewhat confused, the dispatcher added. CNN portrayed the exchange as a coded plea for help, saying Pelosi left the line open so a dispatcher could hear his conversation with the intruder, speaking surreptitiously but making it clear that he needed help. San Francisco Police Chief William Scott said when officers arrived at the Pelosi home, they knocked and the door was opened by someone inside. Scott did not explain who opened the door. Scott said officers saw Pelosi and another man struggle to gain control of a hammer. As police told the two to stop their fight, Pelosi lost the battle for the hammer and was hit on the head at least once, Scott said. Police then tackled the man with the hammer, Scott said. Breitbart reported... DePate was reportedly wearing only underwear when officers arrived at the scene. It just gets more and more absurd the more that comes out. Now, we have a tweet from Just Facts on Twitter. Now, I don't know how true this is. People have been uh, challenging it in terms of a source. He claims it's from San Francisco Police Department. I don't know whether that's true or not. So um, I'm not saying this is hard, um, you know, validated information. But it says David DePape tells investigators that he and Paul Pelosi were engaging in gay sex and an argument ensued over drugs. Pelosi's are refusing to turn over surveillance video of their home, fueling more speculation of homosexuality at the home. DePape has arrests for male prostitution. David DePape was also friends with, of all people, Ed Buck, who is, stroke, was a friend of Paul Pelosi. Look up Ed Buck. Have fun with the rabbit hole. It's all coming out. Now, Ed Buck, I think, was also friends with the Clintons. He was um, convicted of, I'm not sure what the charge was. It could have been murder or attempted murder. But he would bring these gay men to his home and fill them up with drugs, basically. And people died as a result. They were for these homosexual orgies, you know. Um, says, look up Ed Buck, have fun with that rabbit hole. It's all coming out. And then from Conservative One Twitter, it's actually a screenshot. Paul Pelosi, who's notorious for going to gay bars alone in the gayest town in America, San Francisco, was always spotted by neighbours bringing in men half his age at various hours of the night. David Wayne DePate was seen entering Pelosi's mansion various different times before yesterday's altercation. Why won't mainstream media cover this vital fact? They are making it seem like it was a random act. It wasn't. This was a domestic violence case in a consensual sexual relationship. Referring to the Politico article um, as a John Jackson tweet... 
cops were let inside the Pelosi home by an unknown third person. Totally normal, nothing to see here. And it included a screenshot from that article. And then there's another um, tweet from Stonewall Jackson. So the alleged intruder was in his underwear when police arrested him. And the hammer attack didn't start until the police got there doing a welfare check. This sounds more like a lover's spat. Maybe this was Paul's gay lover. The two got into a fight. Then the guy yells, where's Nancy? To expose the affair. Paul threatens him to leave with a hammer. Cops arrive. The lover then grabs the hammer in a fit of rage. So... (laughs) I don't know about you, but the more I see about this event, the more I find it hilarious. I mean, not the fact that supposedly Paul Pelosi got a fractured skull, but just the absurdity of this whole episode. You know, did um, did David DePape enter the um, house? Had he been walking along in his underwear to break into this house? Um, The other thing people are saying is, well, you know, considering who the Pelosi's are, surely they'd have security cameras everywhere. They're in a gated community. How did he get in? Um, Somebody else was actually comparing it with the way that the... uh, the Capitol Police opened those extremely heavy magnetic doors at January 6th. They're really comparing the two events that, you know, it wasn't a break-in. Paul Pelosi let him in. And I'm still curious to know who that third person was that opened the door. Some people are saying, oh, maybe it was a housekeeper. But (laughs) I doubt that... Uh, Paul and David will be up to these shenanigans with a housekeeper still in the house. We'll have to wait and see what else comes out about this. But as I say, at the moment, it's just like some, uh, as I posted on Twitter, it's just like a French farce. Another piece of news that certainly the uh, conservative side of the fence have been cheering on, which is the fact that the Twitter sale to Elon Musk completed on Friday. And already uh, people like Cat Turd and other um, conservative commentators have had thousands of followers restored to them. And also some of the um, Twitter folks who've been banned from Twitter whose accounts were suspended or closed. They are reappearing. I saw a tweet from Lara Logan, who I think was one of the victims of the Twitter um, purge, shall we say. Now, before the sale completed, Elon Musk uh, announced that he was going to fire 75% of the workforce. And he trolled the Twitter people the day before the sale completed by walking into Twitter HQ carrying a sink with the uh, comment, let this sink in, that he's actually going to be the owner. And also a, a group of Twitter employees wrote an open letter listing their demands. I mean, these people are just unbelievable. Talk about um, entitlement syndrome, demanding not to be fired from their jobs. And there was one Twitter employee who put a video out on Twitter 
showing all up to headquarters. They've got yoga rooms, they've got meditation rooms, they've got game rooms, they've got wine on tap. I mean, it's more like a recreational facility than a workplace. So I can understand why uh, Elon Musk thinks a lot of these employees are not required or surplus to requirements. And um, then after he'd taken control, uh, Zero Hedge reports yesterday the firings begin. Twitter CEO, CFO and top censor escorted out. As the bell tolls for the end of the first chapter of Twitter's life as a deep state narrative enabling machine, the firings have begun with Musk becoming chief twit. And it's actually got um, an image of Elon in headquarters with the uh, sink, holding the sink. Just minutes after the world's richest man has reportedly closed the $44 billion deal, the New York Times reports that according to sources that declined to be identified, the Twitter executives who were fired include Parag Agrawal, Twitter's chief executive, Ned Siegel, the chief financial officer, Sean Edgett, the general counsel, and Vijaya Gade, or Gad, the top legal and policy executive. And it says in brackets, all censorship czar. As a reminder, having been with Twitter since 2011, Gad was the key executive in charge of trust and safety, legal and public policy functions, described by Politico as the company's moral authority. Gad holds one of the most controversial positions at Twitter. Her teams decide how to moderate content. That's made her a target of right-wing criticism, particularly when Twitter blocked the distribution of a New York Post article about President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, Hunter Biden. In 2020, she faced a renewed wave of criticism after multiple reports confirmed she was behind the decision to ban Trump from Twitter. And that was what Politico reported. In other words, Gad is likely the executive who signed off on Zero Hedge's February 2020 ban for speculating that COVID-19 may have emerged from a Wuhan lab. And President Trump's January 2021 ban in connection with the Capitol riot. At least one of the executives who was fired was escorted out of Twitter's office, New York Times reports. Please do not feel bad for these poor dejected executives, as insider reports, through changing control provisions in employment contracts for top leadership, they will receive a certain amount of severance and an automatic acceleration of their shares so long as Musk fires them. The provisions are disclosed in regulatory filings. Agrawal is set to receive the largest payout of $38.7 million, due largely to the entirety of his shares vested, vesting upon his firing. Siegel is set to receive a $25.4 million payout for getting fired. Gad will leave with $12.5 million. As we detailed earlier, over 1,100 employees have left Twitter since Musk announced his intention to buy the company back in January, with almost a third going to Google or Meta. The figures come from a new analysis of LinkedIn data, with the report noting that other workers have moved to the likes of Pinterest, LinkedIn, Snap and TikTok. We suspect, as Elon warned, it's sinking now for some. 
So let's move on to the latest news on the midterms. And we've had several debates happen in the last week or so. Um, One was uh, Dr Oz, who I'm not a fan of, and um, Lee Zeldin. And basically the Republicans, or the Conservatives, I should say, are wiping the floor with the Democrats. And the Democrats are in a major panic. There's also a lot of suspicion that the Democrats intend to cheat again. And a shocking story from Epoch Times again. Carrie Lake's former TV station declares Lake's opponent winner two weeks before election. The television station that used to employ Arizona Republican gubernatorial nominee Carrie Lake on October 27th called the race for Lake's opponent despite the fact the election won't be held until November. A graphic displayed by Fox 10, the TV station, said that Katie Hobbs, the Democrat nominee, won the election with 53% of the vote. The graphic was shown during a newscast at about 5.50pm local time. Fox 10 acknowledged airing the graphic, blaming what happened on a test gone wrong. The graphic showed test results for the upcoming election, the broadcaster said. These were generated by the Associated Press, which distributes results to clients. The graphic was never meant to go on air. The numbers were only part of a test. The station has taken steps to make sure this cannot happen again, it added. Lake said the graphic may have been a retaliatory move because it happened shortly after she held a press conference urging reporters to do their due diligence to check claims by Arizona Democrats that a a person who broke into Hobbs' campaign office was linked to Lake. State Representative Jake Hoffman, a Republican, said in response that he would introduce a bill in the future addressing the situation. While I understand the need for internal planning by news stations, errors like this that are broadcast live to the public pose a legitimate threat to our republic and serve only to undermine the confidence that Arizonans have in the integrity of their vote, Hoffman said in a statement. What if this had happened on election night of the day before the election? I think that I should have said all the day before the election. The impact to our democratic process would be devastating. The legislation would hold news outlets accountable should they interfere with Arizona's election and or disenfranchise Arizona voters like this in the future. The midterm election is slated to take place on November 8th. Early voting has already begun in Arizona. And it's interesting that they should, uh, the Associated Press, who of course are part of the fake news media, should have declared uh, Hobbs the winner, even though Carrie Lake is 11 points ahead of her in the polls. Now, in my opinion, Carrie Lake will make a great Arizona governor. And she actually put out a tweet Uh, Thank you, Liz Cheney. And then it includes a letter that she sent to Liz Cheney. Um, Liz Cheney defeated member of Congress, Wyoming, 
Um, Dear Liz, thank you for your generous, in-kind contribution to my campaign. Your recent television ad urging Arizonans not to vote for me is doing just the opposite. Our campaign donations are skyrocketing and our website nearly crashed from traffic as people rushed to learn more about my plan to put Arizona first and join our historic political movement. In fact, my team tells me your commercial should add another 10 points to our lead. I guess that's why they call the Cheney anti-endorsement the gift that keeps on giving. While we appreciate your in-kind contribution, the $500,000 ad buy likely exceeds Arizona's 5,300 individual contribution limit. Thank you again for the huge boost to our campaign. Enjoy your forced retirement from politics. I know America will rest easier knowing that one more warmonger is out of office. So I think that's hilarious. And it really was a great pushback to Liz Cheney, who's supporting the Democrats. Why she doesn't just announce that she's leaving the Republican Party and going over to the Democrats, I don't know. But she's a main, you know, big loser, as we know from what happened in the Wyoming primaries. I now want to just share um, an article on Tom Renz's substack. He's the lawyer that has been going after all the um, the COVID-19 vaccine issues, uh, suing Pfizer and others, if I remember rightly. I actually joined his substack really to provide support as much as anything. He's written this article, which is kind of a, a an op-ed on the importance of the midterms. He's titled it The Election and the Fight for Freedom. And this was published earlier today. In case you haven't noticed, we have an election coming up. We are being inundated with commercials and media on a level that has to be historic for a midterm and approximately 99% of it is garbage. Both sides promote lies and half-truths about their opponents and the people hearing this seem to have either become polarised or checked out. Despite this, and while I have zero love for either party, I have to say that this is not the time to check out and whether I like it or not, our best shot at freedom lies with the Republicans. This is not a get out and vote article, rather it is a get out and preserve our nation article. The Republicans largely suck, but there are a number of very good candidates we have been able to push through the primaries, regardless of McConnell's best efforts. These candidates are not only viable, but putting up a great fight in places no one would think they had a chance. If we do not get out and support these fine people, then we will lose what is left of the Republican Party and be left with socialists, communists and rhinos. All three are largely indistinguishable. For those that are are unaware, the Republicans are at war with themselves. McConnell has pulled funding from most of the best Republican candidates because they are trying to make America great again. Rather than supporting his China-first military-industrial corruption complex that is largely responsible for bringing us COVID, the war on Trump and other such issues. Despite all this, we have to support the Republican Party where it is ethically feasible. I won't sell my ethics. To provide a majority that will have to answer to the voters if they do not support our nation over the WEF, China and Ukraine. 
I do not see this as a hold-your-nose-and-vote Republican election, but rather another major step in retaking the Republican Party from corrupt uni-party turds currently running it. We have to take to retake the majorities, but then we the people will really need to step up. We must triple down on pressuring the Republicans that win to support real reform. If you're a Republican, it is a given that you are pro-Second Amendment and pro-life. What you better be ready to become is someone with a spine that is ready to fight real fights against enemies like Big Pharma, China, corruption in Ukraine, the WEF election fraud and DOD corruption. That happens when we the people are pushing like never before. General Flynn likes to say local action equals national impact. He is right. We need thousands more poll watchers. And after the good Republicans are elected, we need to spend an immense amount of time pushing the lousy ones to support their base. Our complacency is what got us here. And only a massive and disciplined effort will save us from what is clearly becoming the most dangerous time in world history. Doubt me, listen to the rumours of what could be a world war out of Ukraine and China, the gain-of-function work continuing on things like the Spanish flu, monkeypox, Ebola, etc., the collapsing financial system, death of the dollar, etc. The first step to the local action having a national impact in fighting for good candidates and against election fraud, but that must be preceded by an all-out non-violent war against uni-party corruption. Many people that I've had the honour to become friends with have fought tirelessly to save our nation. This small group has put everything on the line to stand for we the people, and it is time we say thank you by standing with them. Thanks largely to their efforts, we still have a chance to save our nation and preserve freedom, but only if we will act, if we all act. This election day, please get out and vote Republican if it is ethically feasible. There are a few spots I ethically have to leave blank on my ballot. But after you vote, get ready for the real fight. I pray for our election. I pray for our fight. I pray for our future. And I pray for the United States of America. In other news, USSANews.com reports on the new prime minister in the UK. And this was posted on the 25th. And the title is... Um, A globalist, if ever I saw one, I believe conservatives are doomed, which is Nigel Farage blasting new UK PM Rishi Sunak. Former UKIP party leader and GB News commentator Nigel Farage blasted the new British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak as our first former Goldman Sachs employee and a globalist if I ever saw one. Rishi Sunak was president of the Oxford University Investment Society before joining Goldman Sachs in 2001 as a junior manager. In 2004, he left the leading investment firm to get his MBA at Stanford, where he met his future wife, Akshata Murthy, daughter of Indian billionaire Narayana Murthy, founder of global IT company Infosys. Infosys is an official partner of the World Economic Forum, where the company is hailed as a global leader in next-generation digital services and consulting. 
Infosys chairman Mohit Josh writes for the WEF website and in August 2020 praised the potential of the COVID pandemic, which offers a unique opportunity to rethink how money is managed and used in our society. Josh then argued for a digital Chinese-style currency. In November 2020, as UK Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak took part in the World Economic Forum's Green Horizons Summit and pledged a positive and fair transition to net zero. The Davos climate cult believes without evidence that the man-made 4% of the atmosphere's 0.04% CO2, a naturally occurring non-toxic gas, somehow poses an existential threat to humanity. See also the statement by 1,400 climate scientists and experts. There is no climate crisis. Sunak is listed on the WEF website. Our first former Goldman Sachs employee is now Prime Minister, Nigel Farage said on GB News. A globalist who put up taxes increased the size of the state. Is he going to connect in the red wall, Farage asked, referring to the traditional Labour voting UK Midlands that supported Boris Johnson and the Tories in 2019. Is the red wall lost? I believe it is. I think the Conservatives are doomed. Above all, never boring Farage criticised the new British Prime Minister's lack of charisma. He just doesn't connect. He is dull as hell. And at the bottom of the article, it actually says it was first published on Gateway Pundit. And I did see a video of Rishi Sunak when he was um, just appointed as Prime Minister by the Conservative Party. And it was pointed out how robotic he looked and dead eyes and he he had this really off-putting stare it's like he wasn't blinking we've also seen some other weird things happening this week with katie perry's video where it looked like she was a robot malfunctioning with her right eye closing and she had to tap the side of her head to make it open really weird a lot of um, discussion about that on twitter as well and now on to this um, Russian biolab report. And we've had several um, earlier reports from the Russian representative to the UN about the US biolabs. And we were promised a final report in the fall. Well, here it is. And this is from Bioclandestine Substack. Final draft on US biological activity in Ukraine presented to UNSC. Massive statements from Russian permanent representative to the UN pertaining to the US biolabs in Ukraine. It appears that a formal investigation is inevitable. Today, UN Security Council carried out debate on the possible enactment of Article 6 of the Biological Weapons Convention, which would be an investigation into the United States and their biolabs in Ukraine. Russia presented their final draft to the UNSC today, covering all of the evidence compiled in their dossier and it is currently being reviewed by experts from the various nations. The contents of the dossier include the evidence presented over the course of the past eight months. And today was actually yesterday um, that this was uh, reported. I highly recommend everyone read the full statement here and that's the link. These allegations are historic. 
Hunter Biden's Metabiota, Black and VH, Negligence of Deadly Pathogens, Drones equipped with aerosol canisters to disperse airborne water particles containing pathogens. Aerial release of infected mosquito armies, all of it. All of the allegations brought forth over the past eight months via the special military operation in Ukraine are in the draft. These allegations are not new for those who have been paying attention. This is just an accumulation of all the evidence being presented at once. It's a great review and complete of the exact crimes alleged. I think it means a complete report of the exact crimes alleged. However, something that is new is a timeline. Russia had some interesting comments pertaining to when they expect some progress via a relevant report from the UNSC and their commission, no later than November 30th, 2022, the same time as the Ninth Review Conference of the Biological Weapons Treaty. We expect that the Commission would manage to clarify all circumstances of Washington and Kiev's possible non-compliance with their obligations under the BTWC in the context of biolaboratories activities in the Ukrainian territory with a view to stimulate the American and Ukrainian sides to remedy the outstanding intolerable situation. We also expect that the Commission would present a relevant report on the issue containing recommendations to the Council no later than November 30th, 2022 and inform the BTWC states parties of the results of the investigation at the Ninth Review Conference to be held in Geneva on November 28th to December 16th, 2022. Russia will articulate its further approach to ensuring national, regional and global biological security, depending on the results of the consideration of our complaint and the draft UNSC resolution. The outcomes of this work will also define our position with regard to the strengthening of the BTWC and resolving the situation with violations of the BTWC by the US and Ukraine in the context of the activity of US biolabs on the Ukrainian territory. And that was a a quote from the report. In conclusion, Russia have proposed these allegations via the proper diplomatic channels, presented their case in a convincing and consistent manner, conducted themselves with transparency, while the US stroke NATO have simply cried disinformation the entire time. The performance has generated a lot of global support for Russia and generated doubts about the US and the West. Not only is the leadership of the US under scrutiny, they are alleged of the most severe crimes against humanity known to international law. I don't know how it will unfold, but this is the highest diplomatic channel on the planet. And if it works as it is supposed to, the top deep state players will soon be under international investigation for violating the Biological Weapons Treaty. If found guilty, the response will be international military tribunals. When the sheep are made fully aware of this, this will be an extinction level event for the DNC and thus the deep state. And it's actually got a chart at the at the bottom. U.S. coordination of biological laboratories and research institutes in Ukraine. So it's good to see that um, this is all coming out into the open now. And of course, I did read today that um, there was another gain of function research 
that was done, I think it was at Stanford University. You know, the last time I reported on Boston, where they'd created this uh, hybrid version of COVID-19 that was 80% fatal in the mice that they tested it on. It's, It's just criminal. Now, last week, I reported on this um, hearing that was held at the Parliament building in the UK by Dr. Asim Malhotra about the dangers of the COVID-19 vaccine. And this is a follow-on to that. It's from Steve Kirsch's Substack, um, and it was published yesterday. The British Parliament has debated vaccine safety and determined that they are safe. Their reasoning is that there is no evidence that the vaccines have killed anyone. They have saved well over 100,000 lives in the UK and they are safe. So no investigation is necessary. You can't make this stuff up. You really can't. First, Dr. Asim Malhotra testified in Parliament about the dangers of the COVID vaccine on October 20th. There is no press coverage. I couldn't find any references to his speech in searching Google. I even had a hard time finding anything on Twitter. Here's a tweet I found estimating that the number of MPs who would attend his talk would be those not too selfish to be focused on their own careers. Can you guess the number before I tell you? And this is a tweet from June Slater. Safety and efficacy is paramount. Dr. Asim Malhotra, outstanding in his field of cardiology, who has risked his career to speak out about the information withheld from the public. He lost his own father to the dangers of the ill-explained rollout. Yes, he's double-dosed, as was his father. They did what they thought was the right thing. The right thing in medicine is to be completely transparent. It's likely historical profit-making stood in the way of that. After funding a peer-reviewed study of the horrendously high number of life-changing side effects cushioned from the public, today the committee headed with Dr Asim get to explain their findings to a parliamentary gathering of MPs. Those not too selfish to be focused on their own careers will likely attend. Good luck and thank you from those who have been ridiculed and vilified by the media, friends and family and the ill-informed celebrity blob. Um, The article continues, I found out the number from an email from an MIT professor. I have followed up with Danny Kruger MP and also my contact at the DM offering your time. Danny is one of only four members of Parliament who attended a seams presentation to Parliament. Wow. Just Danny Kruger MP and three other MPs attended a talk on vaccine dangers by one of the UK's top cardiologists. That is stunning. British Britain's elected officials don't want to hear any evidence of harm. Asim has been calling for a halt to the vaccine programme. This clip on Fox News has received nearly one million views. And it's a tweet from Dr. Asim. Edging nearer to a million views. Let's keep sharing. We're very close to hitting the mainstream UK press. Then everything changes with the narrative. Breaking Fox News. Vax cardiologists suspend mRNA product now. I feel it I find it very difficult to believe that Pfizer executives didn't know this was going to cause significant harm. If this is the case then this is a global scandal. And 
Let me see if I can play the video for you. Suggested at the time, it was likely to cause more harm than good in most people. And that's a smoking gun. That's more than enough evidence for us to pause and stop the vaccine rollout. So myocarditis is one issue. The other very good clear data um, actually reveals that in people aged between 16 and, and 39, Israel data showed this, there was a 25% absolute increase in heart attacks and cardiac arrest, which wow. was associated with the vaccine, but not associated with COVID. This has now been replicated in Florida, a similar type of findings recently. Um, and that's why the general surgeon of Florida has come out and suggested that certainly people in that age group shouldn't be having the vaccine. But I've looked at that data, I've spoken to the researchers in Israel, and in fact, this signal of harm is for everybody, even people over the age of 60, not to that degree. Well, doctor, let me, let me jump in here and just very quickly. Given what we know thus far, was this vaccine rolled out too quickly without adequate testing because of the global pandemic nature of things? I think yes, but Laura, I find it very difficult to believe that Pfizer senior executives and Pfizer scientists didn't know when it was being rolled out because they have access to the raw data, which we now know shows significant harm. It's likely they knew this, which means that it, I don't think it probably, with hindsight, and I'm sure an investigation will reveal this eventually, it probably should never have been rolled out in the first place. Wow. This, I mean, if this is the case, this is a global scandal. We've been covering this from almost day one, a global scandal. Yeah. I mean, it's as yeah. big as it no, gets. It is. I, I think, Laura, we are, you know, this is perhaps the greatest miscarriage of medical science, attack on democracy, damage to population health, an erosion of trust in medicine that we will witness in our lifetime. I'm speaking in the British Parliament on Thursday on this to members of the British Parliament to present this data. They need to act now and stop this from continuing to cause more harm. The longer it goes on, the more damage is going to be done, the longer it's going to take to regain trust. Dr. Malhotra, this is just invaluable. We really appreciate your courage in speaking out. Guess what happened after Asim's talk in Parliament? He's named Greatest Britain by GB News. And a tweet again from Dr. Asim. After my Parliament talk, honoured to be named Greatest Britain on GB News last night, despite stiff competition, including Labour Party leader Keir Starmer. We must keep seeking justice for billions of people against the greatest miscarriage of medical science in history. Fast forward now to four days after Asim's talk. Parliament debates the vaccine safety issue and decides there is absolutely nothing to see here because they hear testimony that there is no evidence that anyone has died and hundreds of thousands of lives have been saved. Read the full story here. Here is the transcript of the discussion in the UK Parliament on October 24th, 2022. Here are the key statements with the section in brackets. Uh, Dr Johnson, I am referring to the COVID vaccine which has saved hundreds of thousands of lives. I take my honourable friend's point, but there is no evidence that those deaths were caused by the COVID vaccine. Let me acknowledge and pass on my sympathies to the very small number of people for whom vaccines may not have worked as intended and who may have suffered an adverse reaction from vaccines. I turn to vaccine safety. All vaccines used in the UK COVID-19 vaccine programme are safe. 
In the UK, we have some of the highest safety standards in the world. The MHRA is globally recognised for high standards of quality, safety and medicines regulation. Each COVID-19 vaccine candidate is assessed by teams of scientists and clinicians on a case-by-case basis. There are extensive checks and balances at every stage of vaccine development. It is only once each potential vaccine has met robust standards of effectiveness, safety and quality set by the MHRA that it will be approved for use. It is also important to stress that the surveillance of vaccine safety and adverse reactions does not stop once a vaccine has been approved. The MHRA and the UK Health Security Agency constantly review a wide range of available data on the safety of vaccines, including UK and international reports of adverse reactions. And then Dr Johnson in section 21, I thank my right honourable friend for his kind words. I will, of course, look at all the evidence. He is aware of my experience as a clinician and he knows that I will look at the evidence-based medical process. Dr Johnson again in section 23, as I was saying, despite the progress we have made, we must not become complacent. We cannot risk an increase in serious illness, hospitalisations and deaths from COVID. The UK HSA estimates that vaccinations had averted up to 128,000 deaths and 262,000 hospitalisations by the end of September 2021 and many more since then. Colburn, section 24. It was a Brit who discovered vaccines in the way that we know them today and they have been effective in tackling a range of illnesses that would previously have been life-threatening or very dangerous indeed. The proof is that they work, they are saving lives and they protect us and others. I join the Minister in urging people to come forward for their vaccines this winter to help to protect themselves and others and ensure the strain on our NHS is as minimal as possible. The headlines after the meeting. The news headlines after the meeting basically said a few people complained, but there will be no investigation since it is so clear the vaccines are safe. Why bother with an investigation? Here's the full story. And it was it's a screenshot from Sky News. COVID-19 inquiry focusing solely on safety of vaccines will not be opened, government says. A few MPs have raised concerns in Parliament about the possible side effects of vaccines, including what some described as data showing a correlation with increased levels of cardiovascular problems. The article said the NHS website says reports of serious side effects are very rare and the COVID-19 vaccines approved for use in the UK have met strict standards of safety, quality and effectiveness. Scottish National Party MP Stephen Bunnar said the vaccine programme saved millions of lives, adding almost 28,000 of those were in Scotland. Summary. The truth isn't going to be exposed in the UK anytime soon. They are never going to figure this out. If you want to help put a stop to this and you haven't yet donated to Ron Johnson's re-election campaign, now would be a good opportunity to do so. It's our best hope of exposing the truth in the US. And it's just criminal, the, the denial from these people about the adverse reactions. And at that hearing in Parliament or that presentation by Dr. Asim in Parliament, there were 
maybe hundreds, I don't know the exact figures, but there were a whole host of people attending who either had suffered adverse reactions or were family of people who had died as a result of the vaccine. This denial is is absolute crime, crimes against humanity. There's no other word for it. Steve Kirsch also reported uh, yesterday um, Dr. Peter McCullough is being progressively stripped of his medical credentials. They are really going all out against the people that are spreading the truth about these um, vaccines. Dr. Peter McCullough is being progressively stripped of his medical credentials. One of the most respected doctors in the world has been a beacon of light throughout this pandemic. His reward for speaking the truth is being stripped of his credentials. Peter McCullough is an author of 677 articles published in the scientific peer-reviewed journals. He's one of the most respected cardiologists in the world. He's been right about everything throughout the pandemic. He has an encyclopedic memory of every paper he's ever read. And he's just a wonderful, nice person to boot. You really never met a nicer guy. He sacrificed everything so he can speak the truth about the COVID policies. If there was one COVID advisor that the government should be listening to, Dr. Peter McCullough should be at the top of every list. So how is he being rewarded for having the courage to speak the truth? I got this message from him this morning. I was terminated as the editor-in-chief of Cardio-Renal Medicine and Reviews in Cardiovascular Medicine after years of service and rising impact factors. There was no phone call, no board meeting, no due process, just emails or certified letters. Powerful dark forces are working in academic medicine to expunge any resistance to the vax. Yesterday, I was stripped of my board certifications in internal medicine and cardiology after decades of perfect clinical performance, board scores and hundreds of peer-reviewed publications. None of this will stop until there is a needle in every arm. I'm not going to cover the rest of the article, but the persecution of these doctors that are speaking out about the real dangers the real effectiveness or otherwise of these vaccines is horrific. And I just thank them for their honesty. Now, on the subject of that, um, I just wanted to let you know, if you haven't already heard, that there is now the real Anthony Fauci film out for free viewing. It's available for three more days. And you can find it at therealanthonyfaucimovie.com. And it's obviously based on the book, which was published earlier this year by... Robert Kennedy Jr. I've watched the first half, the first part of the movie. It's actually in two parts, so it's probably approaching three hours. And it is really informative. Uh, and it's got appearances by people like Dr. McCullough and others talking about the effects that the vaccine has had. It's talking about Dr. Fauci's career, his involvement with the AIDS vaccine and all sorts of other horrors that he was involved in. So it's at therealanthonyfaucimovie.com again. And as I say, you can buy the movie, but it's available for three more days uh, to be watched free. 
And the last thing I want to cover is just some snippets from uh, Q News Patriot on Rumble, who puts out some really good intel. So it's it's much deeper than the kind of uh, conventional, even alternative media. It's really deeper down the rabbit hole. And this video was from the 25th. And he was talking that about how there are tunnels on the west coast that are being destroyed and he also referenced when there were explosions near the FBI headquarters in DC and that was also taking out the tunnels of course after they cleared them of any um, trafficked people, children and so on. Um, he wants to remind people about the power of energy and consciousness and how we must really, as I've said many times, focus on the goal, you know, the outcome that we want. He said justice and confessions are coming. Disclosures are coming. We have to walk the sleepers from darkness to light. And that this whole thing is event driven. It's fluid. It's a dynamic operation and it's not date driven. We mustn't lose sight of the mission and goals. He did mention Real Raw News as being predominantly accurate. I'm sceptical about Real Raw News, as you probably know. Um, on the 20th of October, he reported that a high ranking official of the deep state intelligence community became convinced that their side wasn't going to win the war. And he defected, or he or she, I don't know if it's a he or not, defected to the US military and brought actionable intelligence. And CUNY's Patriot has corroborated that this is true. I think that was reported by Real War News. Um, Restrategizing happens repeatedly, but we are winning the war. They, the cabal, are destroying themselves. And what the Dems are doing is waking people up in droves. So keep the faith. It's a huge challenge. Casualties along the way are unfortunate but unavoidable. The war is already won. And I think, you know, we're seeing so much play out as a movie to really be the great awakening. And more and more people are saying, you know, I'm, I've been a Democrat all my life. Now I'm moving to the Republican Party. So I'm optimistic about the outcome of the midterms, that we can take back control. Uh, there have been rumours that Trump is supposed to be arrested or even has been arrested or a double has been arrested. I don't know about that. And as I say, you know, I can't corroborate a lot of the information that is put out by these different influencers or intel suppliers but I think the key point is that we've just got to keep the faith that all of this is going to turn out in the right way. And I won't entertain any other possibility.
So that's all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope you'll join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. As a quick reminder, you can find me at the successalchemist.net, the, the webalchemist.net and empoweredmanifestation.com as well as social media. And I'd like to thank Nancy for producing and also Derek Condit of mysticalwares.com for sponsoring Cosmic Reality Radio and making this all possible. So until next time, stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening to Cosmic Reality Radio. We appreciate your support. Please visit our sponsor at mysticalwares.com for a huge selection of metaphysical products, gifts, candles, incense, and one of the largest Shungite collections available. Cosmic Reality Radio is sponsored by Mystical Wares Online Store, where coupon code SAVE10 will get you 10% off your entire order at mysticalwares.com.